God, the priest of the Israelites. Yeah, bro. Like a real flute. Yeah. Yeah. Boys are high. People's identities. You've been around people who start to fold in the heat. <laughs> you know, start to I mean, that's gonna new. be my like me and Andrew this summer in New York. Just, oh, like, yeah. yeah, you're gonna have a rough time for the first couple of weeks. It'll be okay. Yeah, no, I don't. The first couple of weeks will actually be really nice because it'll be the spring, and then uh-huh. it'll be June, and then we'll just be like, well, should we just introduce ourselves? Oh, we might as well. This is Smite Me, the Torah podcast. We're talking about the Torah today, if you can believe it. Um, my name is John Alcabes. I am here with my co-host Ayani Hayashi. Hi. And Josh Marcus. What's up? You're tuning into a, a relatively auspicious podcast. This is going to be our last in the same room for quite some time. Probably. That's true. I uh, I am moving to New York shortly. Um, so... He's trying to. He's, he's on a mission to personally assassinate Norman Finkelstein. No, absolutely not. <laughs> he's going to find him and absolutely not in uh, Brighton Beach, and you know, quite the opposite. Much like how some people will go to Israel for three days and then join the IDF. No, yeah, I'm making. <laughs> he's hired, he's, you're making Aliyah. I'm making Aliyah to Norman Finkelstein. John has hired himself as Norman Finkelstein's bodyguard. <laughs> I think we. I think. <laughs> yeah, I've hired myself as Norm's bodyguard. He doesn't know it. But he's. I'm just gonna have to go everywhere with him and ask him <laughs> questions about just his life. Squeeze produce for him and say, "I think this is ripe enough for you." And then he's like, "Think this is ripe enough?" <laughs> oh man, we haven't talked. If about- you think this is ripe, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what other horrors do you countenance? Yeah, no, that yeah. yeah. God help whoever has to deal with that man in like a like a customer service like return situation. Representative <laughs> agent. Oh man, yeah. really just trotting out all the hits. Yeah, today. come on. Um, yeah, I guess I am gonna be living in the same city as Norman Finkelstein um, and Alan Dershowitz and Alan Dershowitz <laughs> and a whole bunch of other Jews. and Alex Rodriguez. Um, <laughs> just saying, that's true. Yeah, this episode we're actually just gonna name people we know live in New York. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bobby around the corner. Okay. Bobby around the corner. Quo- Mario Cuomo, <laughs> allegedly. All kinds of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of had a Jews in the news. You have to break the news. What Jews? It's news. Including Jews. Jews in the news. That is also a person who lives in New York. Tight. Oh. Which is... So are most Jews in the Taylor news, Swift? I feel like. No. Is Taylor Swift... Nah, no. she's a little Aryan princess. Yeah, she is. She um, might not be a Nazi, but she is definitely good propaganda for them. <laughs> You're saying that <laughs> she dovetails with the work of the Nazis. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah she does dovetail nicely with them. No, I was talking. This is kind of dark, but also kind of whatever. Is the fucking the libs of TikTok story? Are you, you know, I have, I've only seen like the thing. I had the thing when I like know it's a thing people are talking about on social media, but I'm seeing like third order commentary on the commentary on the original. So you fully, I would love for you to. Ayani, do you know anything about this? Um, I know that it's it's. It's conservatives on it's it's kind of like conservatives on Twitter, but it's the reverse. It's, it's and, kind of it's yeah, yeah, it's an account on Twitter that was taking the idea was like, look at these crazy libs on TikTok. Is this conservative like coming from like a more conservative angle? 
and it was they were just posting everything from like like just like a school teacher with like a gay like a little rainbow flag on the wall or something tight it's pretty like, outrageous right stuff like that and then also videos of like people like saying that like pedophilia should be legal and we should teach kids to jack off when they're five years old where it's like clearly like where do you find it's like clearly someone just like i don't know is it staged someone i believe that it's staged or it's just i don't know it's the internet what so what's the news story aspect of it the news story is that this this journalist named taylor swift lorenz taylor swift taylor (laughs) lorenz wrote a story like in the Washington Post, like essentially outing the person who is behind the lives of TikTok account, and it's this like Hasidic woman. Oh, I did not know that that was that she was one of us. Her, yeah, yeah, it was this wow Hasidic woman in like Crown Heights or something. I may be getting this all wrong. Not all wrong. I know it's some Hasidic woman. I don't know if it's Crown Heights or it's, I think I believe it was somewhere in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And she's the one doing. She's the one running the yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, the account, most of the account is like, a lot of it is just like, it's pretty awful because it's just like stirring up outrage that like queer people and specifically trans people are like teachers and like working with kids and like Mm -hmm. kind of calling them like groomers and pedophiles and all that shit. But then it's just some Orthodox Jewish lady who, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's not super. It's not shocking. It's, it's not like the disappointing i don't know the new wave of like um we'll call it like right-wing rabble rousing is just kind of taking place for the most part like in what we would consider to be like more neutral and respectable areas like there's all those fucking weirdos showing up at the like school board meetings and like now they're fucking around with libraries and stuff and this is just like the more outwardly facing internet version of that same thing yeah yeah I guess it's also there's just an irony to the fact that it's like uh, I don't know am I gonna I'm gonna get myself in trouble here I'm, I'm a little I'm my little bad boy corner let but, it let it rip dude. but like the fact that like for like Orthodox Jews to come after trans people because the the whole account was just them being like like oh look at these fucking like te- like do you really want these people teaching your kids and it's just like oftentimes it's just like a young like trans or non-binary person with like colored hair or like piercings or whatever but it's like you're really gonna come after you're really gonna come after someone else for dressing goofy right now yeah (laughs) yeah no No, i i I don't think that's even that Uh much of a bad boy quarter that's just you know oh i guess my more bad boy corner thought was that (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah double down come on let me draw it out of you (laughs) (laughs) i want this corner to be the whole house well there's definitely a stereotype i've heard that um orthodox jewish men are uh, um, loyal clientele towards uh, transgender sex workers. Interesting. That's not something I've heard. I think I've heard that. Really? If- Wait a minute. <laughs> you think you've heard it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought I heard it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. That's like so many layers of deniability. <laughs> I mean, That's I don't... Like I didn't, I've never seen if it. If I did it, I'm sorry. Or like... I've never seen it with my own eyes. If I ever recalled, if but I if ever, I, ever had to recall, if I did, I yeah, did. I don't remember what it was, but I am sorry. Maybe I'm just <laughs> maybe no, I'm, I'm just I'm stirring the pot for no reason. Yeah, okay. no, you're, you're entertaining. <laughs> I am entertaining. You're just yes. asking I, questions. <laughs> He's just I, doing his own research. 
Or what he thought. He's, he, he's doing his own what he thought he heard. Yeah. But anyway. People around that, the world are saying. If that stereotype is true, then it would maybe track that an Orthodox Jewish woman would not be a fan of trans people and specifically trans women. I have uh, I have two thoughts to add to this. Yeah. One, um, I'm fully ripping this from I heard it on some podcast, but I think it bears repeating, which is I don't think it's normally a rhetorical move that's all that useful to pull out but i really do feel like uh conservatives are doing a lot of psychological projecting in the freudian sense when it comes to all this moral panic stuff where they're just so obsessed with the idea of this like creepy sexual threat to right. children when you know the, th- the call's coming from inside the house on that one um sure. it, like it just yeah I get, I get, I get, yeah. It's not rhetorically great, but it is also, like, the vast majority of people who, you're like, you gotta have some sort of extra crux to, like, make this be the focal point of your, like, political outrage. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, it's not purely just, like, like, you don't get into, let's say, you don't get into, like, massively trying to like out trans people or like thinking it as like a moral panic just because you're like into like quote unquote responsible spending in mm-hmm. the government like there has to be an extra thrust you <laughs> yeah. know and yeah. whether it's cultural or personal uh-huh. like there there has to be someone has to inject that into that ideology yeah well and just that sense of like you know it, it's just inevitable that if like you ever had any if these two people together, like someone's just going to start going after the kids and everyone is always just like one fiber away from like yeah. attacking. Children. Yeah, no, it's fucking insane. Yeah. It's, it's like, just like so most people dark. do not think about humans like that. Um, and I think it's only people who are trapped in, uh, deeply repressive institutions who are like, yeah, isn't everyone just walking around about to explode and harm children around them? It's like, yeah, probably not. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It it kind of reminds me of when they talk to like tech millionaires and they're mm-hmm. like i don't ever stop working for a second i don't take vacations i know and you're just like wow that sounds like your life is terrible dude. <laughs> yeah. like seems like you could yeah. yeah seems like you're entirely missing the point yes of supposedly being able to accrue wealth but whatever yeah. it is kind of comforting when when like people like big ceos like that like reveal that they like are fully miserable and make themselves miserable on purpose it's yeah like, okay it's like when fucking they're like you're Elon hurting Musk us is you're hurting yourself talking yeah. like yeah man i'm just couch surfing on my friends like you know at my friends places which like number one your friends places are all mansions number two yeah. that's on you like <laughs> yeah. you can just get out oh the other thing i just would add on this libs of tiktok thing is I think it just circles back to, again, that, like, I feel like almost everyone understands that those in power, like, nothing is going to happen that'll improve our lives. So it's just purely, like, people putting shit on social media and other people reacting to it is, like, the form of politics. Yeah, it's like... It's like, ooh, look at this crazy video. I'm part of something now. I mean, not to, like, bring it all the way back to the slap heard around the world, but that did also (laughs) happen on the same week that the IPCC report came out. That's just, like, we have basically three years to end the fossil fuel emissions. We don't... That's been coming out, like, every year for our entire adult lives, I feel like. That's part of the problem. But, like, how is it... How do we still have three years? That's what I'm wondering, is, like... I don't know. Well, no, last year we had five years. It's kind of been like so. It's kind of been like a gone from like the hey, like this is something we need to think about to hey, this is something that is like 
a lot closer than we think to like this one was sort of like the if we're not going to do this now, we actually have to start like building infrastructure. But it's like a different coastline. I guess it just feels like telling normal people that we have three years to like stop climate collapse. It's like telling someone like, hey, you have you only have like five hours to stop it from being midnight. It's like, well, no, that's just going to happen. It will just strike. It is going to strike midnight beyond I my mean, control. Would you, just like it's going to. I mean, in a sense, climate. it's kind of not for normal people. Yeah. Way. It's like, it's kind of like no, a it's super high level yeah. scientific summary that's like people, you know, it's kind of more for the government, I feel like. Yeah. Honest, it's more, like it's, it's ironic because it's more for people who are going to do absolutely nothing about it. Yeah. The people who care, or the like, we're sitting around talking about it, but it's yeah. like, you know, they're not sitting around in like, fucking cargill headquarters being like did you see the new ipc no it's like the the thing for the only way that it can be for regular people is if you're like actually willing to like you know do some drastic shit you know i was thinking honestly of writing an article about like why is there not like more (laughs) eco-terrorism because i feel like what is a normal person to do but fucking like blow up a pipeline or something i mean that is kind of like allegedly (laughs) that is sort of the interesting crux of as things get closer to like what will happen the more it's sort of disseminated and the more you sort of realize that like yeah it is for people who are not going to pay attention to it now that you have this information what are you going to do yeah. with it well, i'm not personally going to suggest anything or list the addresses of <laughs> look the people can li- people can listen to our emma goldman episode if yeah. they want to get some ideas yeah i think it's just also important for whatever happens in the next couple decades for those actions what what like the law will take into account right like yeah someone might go to prison for like shooting shell ceo who lives in the netherlands um you know they might go to prison now but in 20 years you know they might have what their are sentences. you doing with that gun put that down <laughs> <laughs> you know they might have their sentences commuted because they'll be like yeah well they did know this information and at the mm-hmm. time you know <laughs> while it was illegal it may have been i don't think our don't justice think system is ever gonna do that well, I mean, I don't know. In Ioni, in Ioni court. I mean, living in Ioni's paradise. <laughs> it's interesting. It's worth you know noting. It's also the first one that actually included things that like regular people can do, even though it doesn't do anything. But like, it. I think that's sort of should let you know the like. I guess at least their level of uh, worry about it is that they felt like they actually had to put in the stuff that individuals can do this time because they're like, well. At this point, it's like any sense of mitigation is probably going to be better than none. Sure. Well, um, and if you want an even bleaker set of moral considerations, we have this week's Torah portion. Hey, we do. That was a real dark Jews in the news. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I guess to just sum it all together, um, fuck, fuck libs of TikTok, which is yeah. confusing. It's also confusing because people refer to libs of TikTok, the account, the person, but then it sounds like you're talking about libs on TikTok is not what i'm talking about i did download tiktok for a day and was like oh this is this is very bad oh yeah i mean that's a whole separate conversation yeah tiktok's uh i mean all of these apps are terrible generally speaking we have yeah a tic- but tiktok i feel like is tiktok's on another we have a tiktok for spite me that i set up and then i never posted a single video i gave up before it got to that <laughs> Before like it got, yeah that's probably for the best that's okay it's also myself, like it's not do this for to my family <laughs> It's not for us. No. It's like um it it's not, but it also kind of as a like comedians there's like comedians who are like our age or older who are who like have 
Oh, I, I understand that. Like cool forty-five shit. years old on TikTok is a vibe, but like, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's it's real. Sometimes you gotta be for the forty-five year old on TikTok. So is fifty-five and still doing a lot of blow on a Wednesday. That's also a vibe. You know. <laughs> and guess a lot what? Of vibes out there. Yeah. Um, all right. Should we talk about fucking Torah times? Yeah, we're about to finish the book of Numbers. We're gonna finish the book of Numbers. No more numbers. No more num. This book of Numbers really morphed into into something. Something we thought they just more. wanted a book of numbers. We thought, boy, how innocent we were. <laughs> yeah, there were ones, twos, threes, hell, uh, sevens, sevens, yeah, prime numbers, mm-hmm. even numbers. It just turned into a bloodbath. No decimals, but that's okay. We'll get there. Um, all right, so we're gonna combine the last two chapters here, and this first one is called Matot. My tote bag. <laughs> I was waiting for someone. <laughs> my tote bag. Man, where's my tote? <laughs> um, so basically, we got some more laws here. God says that if you uh, make a promise and like go like, dude, I swear to God, then you have to keep it. Um, and if you're a woman and you make that promise, it still holds unless your father or husband says, no, it doesn't. In which case, you can't really make your own promises or whatever. Um and basically, if the, you're a woman and you make a promise and the uh, authoritarian man in your life doesn't say anything on that day um, and then decides to go against it and, like, say that, no, it's not true, then that person, the, the authoritarian man, is legally responsible for whatever happened. Some people maybe will find that interesting. So basically, after that, God says, look, it's time to do the war. Uh, so the Israelites uh, raise an army. They get a thousand people from each tribe or whatever, and they kill all the Midianite kings, all the Midianite men. They burn their cities to the ground. They kidnap and presumably enslave all the Midianite women and children, and they take all the animals and possessions. They take like hundreds of thousands of goats. Yep. Um, it's a stinky conquest. It's a stinky one. And you know what? To be fair, they did say they were going to do this for most of the book. We should have seen That's this. That's true. They, yeah, they have, been, <laughs> they have been talking a big game, and they finally... Uh, yeah kind of inspiring um <laughs> they so manifest they were manifesting it's the secret yeah the oh biblical secret god. the secret was god um so then <laughs> the secret is just a made-up story um <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> wouldn't you know that at the end of the story they write it so that they do all the cool shit they said they were gonna do um which we don't think is that cool but they, so, think, they clearly think it's pretty cool <laughs> after all the conquest in the moses gets pissed off and tells all the israelites that they actually needed to kill all the male children too so not enough genocide took place um and actually they also had to kill any of the women who are not virgins um because this is a little throwback they were like remember they tempted them last time and yeah i like how they put that in there in a really dark way to be like so it's fine yeah this is why we have to do that um, then all of Rowan and the, the valuables have to be ritually purified, um, either through fire or via water. Um, oh, then there's some stuff about taxes. And I wrote in my notes that now the book of numbers is about taxes. And that that's terrible. Um, after that, the tribes of Reuben and Gad, who uh, are, they're all the, they have a bunch of livestock, which I think is funny that they say like, they're the livestock people. And I'm like, since when since like last week when they took all the goats i'm sure there's lots of livestock people now <laughs> um so they have they find all this good grazing land that has nobody on it i wonder what happened um and they're like hey can we settle down here and they're like no nah, you can't do that because we got to go conquest you know the holy land and they're like look 
we'll help with the conquering if we can get the land. Uh, so they make a promise, which links back to the promise stuff at the top. Um, and I just wrote in here. So they conquer a bunch of shit, and the Book of Numbers is now also an address book. Uh, what now? An address book. Because they're like, oh, they conquered this city, and they settled here at the this spot, and everyone... Is this the part where they're they're talking about every place that they started and finished? Not quite. Oh. Now we're in Massey. Oh. It's also funny to imagine that, like, now that they're, it's just kind of them, like, racking them up and, like, explaining all the shit they got, it's like the book of numbers is kind of just them being like, yeah, we did numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pull them up. Yeah, it's just, like, <laughs> flexing. <laughs> yeah. So, time for review. This is where we kind of like review everything that happened in Numbers. Um, so the book of Numbers is MapQuest now. Um, but it's kind of funny. They just do it like they really they just use the same sentence. They like they started here and they camped here. They started here and they camped here. But just like hundreds of times. <laughs> yeah. And like there's definitely more in the book of Numbers of what like there's more locate. They didn't tell us about all the stuff before. There's hella stuff where they're just like, oh, what happened in between there? Yeah. I think it's also important to note that there's there's people on Earth who like that that single paragraph of like they camped here and then went here. They have that is like driven them fully insane and like taken over their entire lives. Like just sending them on this scavenger hunt to try yeah. to meet God. Yeah, or whatever. That is like it is funny when we run into like weird little wrinkles here and there that like. What to us is like, oh, that's kind of confusing. Or like, hmm, that doesn't seem to make sense. It's like somebody's whole life's work. Somebody is like, like, no, it actually does make sense. And here's like 3,000 years of history. Why? They're like, I actually explained why it makes sense in writing on my walls. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, it's also funny, too, when you like try to piece together the actual path and like where they think these locations are. And inevitably you get this like very confusing sort of like, what the fuck was going like? Yeah, I don't know. Um. So then we also get this nice little thing where God says that if they don't genocide all the people in the Holy Land, God's going to genocide them. Which oh, is yeah. Just kind of like, Chilling. Yeah. And then it's also, it's not an excuse, but it's like, I forget that this is also like, they are almost technically a people that are being held hostage by like a yeah. supernatural being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so then God defies the borders of the Holy Land or the Promised Land, which is kind of an interesting little bit of politics. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get into that and also into the weird evangelical fucking uh, rabbit hole that I went down looking at that. Um, so they pick all the elders and they're like, okay, look, let's let's go to war. The Levites get to have 42 cities throughout the total land because I guess what that's how they're socially organizing the religious aspect of it, right? Is that like the Levites don't get one chunk. They just basically get little things in everybody else's land. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're what the priestly class. Yeah, they're the the priesty people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, murder on the spot. We get like a couple just rules right at the end of this. There's not too many things going on. Um, there's six cities in all of the land that are called cities of refuge. Where if you do a murder, you get to flee to. And that's yeah, but only if you aren't really that at fault. Yeah. But the reason that you might have to flee is because it's also allowed that if you do kill someone, that the other person who might be aggrieved by it is allowed to murder you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Imagine <laughs> having which... vengeance being that regular that like you're like, okay, here's like your you have a two hour clock and if you could make it before vengeance happens. Yeah, there's there's a little bit here where it's like, okay, well maybe we can revisit the murder on the spot thing so we don't have to do the cities of refuge thing. 
But whatever. Um, but uh, then it's also like if you get mad at someone and like shove them and then they like fall on their head or something. Like if you acted in anger, then you don't get to f- go to the city of refuge. Right. You have to die. But if you were as chill as a cucumber when you did it. <laughs> 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 so in a weird way, cold blooded murder is fine. It's mm-hmm. just when you're really hot blooded murder. Blood. Yeah. You don't murder for passion, murder for profit. Um, Damn. Um, and that's the Ioni promise. Hey, that's, that's my secret. Um, when you want something, steal. Uh, and then sort of last little bit of thing before we close out the book of numbers, which I think actually used to be the end of the Torah is that, um, uh, women who inherit stuff from their families because there's no men in their, their families, uh, have to marry within the family's clan so that it's all mm. at least mm-hmm. still ostensibly. So like incest time. Uh, no, I think it's more clans like larger groups of families so maybe like you're just i mean but there's still probably like i think it's so that whoever is in charge of that clan doesn't lose any money you know yeah it all yeah. keeps it, like keep maintains it, power yeah. yeah and look there are probably some people with some gi problems as a result of it all gastrointestinal oh sure like i think that's why some people say jews have like lactose intolerances because of the level of like genetic because of incest it, it will just like uh yeah wait like, what the f- what yeah yeah no like in the, i've heard i think i learned it in like high school biology like when they were talking about our like genetics unit and ethnicities with high levels of intermarriage within certain communities it's theorized that as a result they develop like certain genetic traits like sickle cell anemia among african-american people hmm. or uh lactose intolerance or no 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 it's not lactose intolerance it's um i'm like i feel like we there's eat some other it's like some some disease among ashkenazi yeah jews. but jews have bad stomachs that might be it too yeah and it's because but it's funny to think that it's because if you go way back they were it's all in the family noodling in the family and that and it's all just and it's because of keeping property along patriarchal lines that's right that's fun anyway let's see, that's the end of it that's fucking the book of numbers yeah, oh, and then fucking uh, one, so in our last tour episode, we were talking about Balak and Balaam, right? Yeah. They kill off Balak! Yeah, so yeah, there's this whole extended story about this guy, well no, it's Balaam. Balaam? Balaam's the, the wizard. The guy who blesses Yeah, Jews. Yeah, and they he's like, yeah, anyway. he like, this guy wants them to curse the Jews, he ends up blessing them because God uh, makes him, and then they kill him anyway. We did a whole story on how, on this one, and he... They kill him. And then he's casually mentioned, like, he was put to the sword. After all of the nice things he said about our tents. And also after, like, having a direct line of communication to God. Like, that didn't even save you. Yeah. How could you be so heartless? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of like, I don't know. It, I, I, One thing I've definitely realized about, like, reading the Torah is, like, the book itself is not particularly interested in the common person, like, trying to maintain a connection with the eternal almighty being whatever you might believe yeah. that is but it is funny how like that's just an example of like yeah you can legit be on like speed dial terms with god and that's not gonna save you no i For feel real. like it's like not i feel like you hear some like evangelical people talking about god like feeling like god is intervening in their day-to-day decisions asking for guidance on this or that thing seeing signs and just like really daily life stuff and like that is not 
the version of God in the Torah where it's sort of like God's the general, you have your orders and, uh, you know, deserters will be shot. And that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. And occasionally he'll just drink half a pint of whiskey and he's still got to follow <laughs> orders. Yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah, I don't know. It was, it's, you know, you know, I'm thinking back to way in the beginning of Exodus when there's the story of uh, Noah becoming the first guy who gets wasted and, you know, being naked and drunk and then his sons see him and then he curses them for seeing him. Right. And I kind of feel like there's a level of that sometimes with uh, Old Testament God as we go on, where it's just like God's doing wild stuff. And then when people get mad about that, God's like, now I'm punishing you. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's like, we're not going to talk about how I'm drunk and naked. We're going to talk about how you saw me. Yeah, yeah that and, that was the bigger crime. Yeah, it was not me fucking the liar. And that dynamic kind of has just kept. It's just like patriarchs. You don't question. Yeah, yeah. From nowhere to God. I mean, what? I mean, what else can you say except for like what a way to end it? Well, I mean, <laughs> it's Moses. I don't know if we've seen like Moses's dark side as much as we did just now when he explicitly says like what the fuck, why didn't you kill all the women? I wanted you to murder all of those women. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, wow. Wow, Moses. And it's sort of didn't like... Didn't know you had it in you. And it's amazing that he's riding that hard for, like, whatever uh, Israelite purity. It, when he already knows he's, like, not getting in and that God has kind of passed the judgment. Totally. That he's yeah. still like, I'm gonna go this crazy and, like, prove to you how zealous I am. And... and- they're like Midianites, right? So like that's his like the same people as like his wife. I mean, his wife is probably dead because Bible stuff. Well, does like... he? It's, there's kind of the thing about how he says like I want to punish them for. I don't know. There's the virgins. They like take a, a bunch of virgins and and divide them up like their property. It's like very dark, and it's also just I don't know. It's just ironic, or I don't know if ironic is the right word even. But like people always try to paint like islamic people as being all fucking like savage or whatever by like pointing to the 72 virgins thing but it's like yeah we have virgins in our text too and it's like thirty-two thousand virgins it's, <laughs> and it's way more virgins it's also like hey like you gotta understand that like this these are the, what we're talking about is literally the root text for all of these things so like that too yeah that what, too absolutely <laughs> like there's you know not to be incredibly fucking <laughs> Just dumb, but whenever you point your fingers, <laughs> point fingers, pointing right, but like for real, it's like, yeah, you can talk about like some weird aspect of like, oh, this is what you get in heaven uh-huh. in like Islam or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but like, where do those ideas come from? Yeah, it's like, it's do you all... think it has anything to do with that one time in the, the, the Torah where the Israelites committed genocide and then distribute all the three, like, fucking million virgins? But it's like, it doesn't even come from that. It's like, this comes from something else. Like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's all... It's, it's all like, just the same shit pond. Yeah. And just another... Streaming into a shit river. <laughs> it goes from the shit pond into the shit river. It's a little shit, shit waterfall. And you're drinking it, buddy. You're <laughs> drinking it. Shit fishies. You're pouring a nice glass of it with little shit cubes. <laughs> and you're liking it, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I I ain't got much else for a summary other than just there you go, man. This is it. We got, we finally got to the genocide we were promised. Yeah, right. It's kind of like, well, all right, they did it. I don't like it, but it would have been kind of disappointing if they didn't. 
Yeah. What a different text that would have been if it was just like, and then on the day, like the final day, right before the assault, God came down and said, wait a minute, have y'all tried talking to these fools? And they yeah. all lived happily ever after the end. Yeah. Not going to happen though. No. Um, yeah. Numbers, I gotta say, has been just been a bit tougher of a read. Like I genuinely enjoyed you know genesis and exodus like it's kind of interesting there's some semblance of a story but i don't know numbers just felt sort of brutal and just kind of like most of the humanness was stripped out of it and it's just kind of this like you know omnipotent god being like here's what i'm doing and you better do it and it's like just reading about that over and over and over again it's like yeah, and I think it's like when we were going through Leviticus, that was pretty rough. But like there was a thing where at least you got to see a little bit more like what are the values of the people writing this. Like what they thought was super important was like, hey, we need to put rules down about this. And hey, you have to have sacrifices about this kind of thing. It's, I mean, it's rough to do over and over again, but it is kind of interesting to be like, oh, look, they thought that these kinds of things were kind of a big yeah. deal. And this one, there's like, it's the problem. It's we're back to like the narrative issue of God, mm -hmm. which is just like, oh, there is no, there's no like rhyme or reason to this. There's no thesis behind what's happening in numbers other than just like, we're waiting for like a bunch of people to die off and a new generation to come up. That's a little bit more ideologically pure. Yeah. It's kind of sad almost. I feel like the, the, the Jews of, numbers their spirit has sort of been broken a little bit like there are those portions in the other books where moses is like please please you know don't don't kill them like what's everyone gonna think of you <laughs> you know spare their life and this time it's just sort of like yeah and kill the virgins too like no no the, vir the virgins are yeah. the only ones who are sorry spared. sorry kill the harlots <laughs> wait can i back. can i read a paragraph about that from the wikipedia page because sure. i mm -hmm. feel like we could parse this um in the third reading, Moses became angry with the army's commanders for sparing the women as they were the ones who, at Balaam's bidding, had induced the Israelites to trespass against God in the sin of Peor. Was, oh, was that in the yeah. previous chapter? Balaam? That was that thing at the very end where it kind of just randomly cuts to the Israelite camp and it's everybody's just like having a big old orgy and... It's they're like, like I've oh, been really trying, wait, wait 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 i think i figured it out then i think that but i just didn't realize that was that no but i think direction. i think that here's my theory though is that when balaam was was blessing the israelites and saying like how beautiful are your tents he kind of included like a sub a sub blessing that didn't get said out loud but it, he just did a special magic where he said like and you're gonna have a big old orgy now <laughs> And so, and he thought God wouldn't notice, but God is God. So obviously God noticed like, hey, yeah, this real nice. real apple in there. Tailpipe. Real nice blessing, Blom. <laughs> like, I see what you did there. You made them have a big fun orgy. Mm -hmm. um, so does that track? I think that tracks. I, I mean, think. It's, it I bet is... I could find a rabbi who agrees with me. Oh, yeah. I bet you you could too. There's been a lot of years of rabbis having opinions. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I think it's. I think the idea behind it is just that, like, look, these women, quote unquote, tempted the Israelites. Therefore, all the women of this land are sort of guilty of mm -hmm. the crime. And that's why it has to happen. It's the crime of womanhood. 
Yeah. It's just yeah. like, well, I was going to let you off the hook for being women, but then one of these women was a woman, so now you're all in trouble for being women. Stabbing one pregnant lady through the belly with a spear wasn't enough. No. Who did that? Um, that was in the, yeah, that was Pincus. Pincus did it. Ouch. It's, it's hard to remember because <laughs> yeah. we literally, instead of talking about that, decided to talk about Jews for Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. The good old days. Yeah. Of two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the there's a lot of people who kind of will use this kind of more liberally minded people who will use this text and use certain aspects of stuff like that's like in this chapter kind of of like, hey, like the way they think about it is being reasonable is like, well, I don't want to like uh, assault anyone or do anything. But like technically, this is like the promised land. Right. And like the, we, we have these sort of rights or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but like. You you have to include this part in the chapter too. Like when we learn about it in like Hebrew school, or whatever. It's like Israel, Promised Land, all this, this, whatever. They don't tell us the like about this chapter where they're like, yeah, and this is sort of how they did that, which is yeah. It's kind of talked about as if it's like a blank, yeah, blank spot on the map that was like here. We made a place for you. Yeah, and then I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of wild. It's like they talk like. Okay, I don't know if this is like too. I don't know if this is gonna make sense, but ne- you know what? Never mind. Like Edward. Okay, no, it's okay. The way we learned about Israel in Hebrew school, it was talked about like okay, it was this like blank spot that was promised. People moved out there. Everything worked great. That to me feels analogous to the way, as like a little kid, if you learn a tiny bit about the history of Native people in the U.S., it's like oh. The U.S. found this nice, empty place for them. They yeah. moved out there, and everything was fine. And there were a handful of Native Americans, and they were very nice. Yeah, yeah. right. And it's just this sort of, like, you have to, like, like there are always people there. There aren't just, like, empty places, really. Yeah. There yeah, have well, not been empty places for a very, very, very long time. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, no, it's not like this, but it's kind of similar. Uh, this is just a little life lesson. Like, much in the way that, like, you're not going to find a land that no one's settled there if no one's settled there there's probably a reason just like how if you get on the train if you get on the subway and all the cars are packed and one car is empty it's because there's doo-doo on that car <laughs> right so yeah don't go on the doo-doo car yeah true i um i'm not saying i'm not calling israel the doo-doo car by the way i'm not doing that yeah you know i would We're say not genocide the- genocide is the doo-doo car yeah and you gotta you gotta acknowledge that. Well, the genocide is the doo doo. The car is the land. <laughs> wow. Um. I. This is. Yeah. I just. I don't know. Just thought I would share. I was hoping. I don't know. When we started this podcast, I was hoping there was some part of me that would like. It would make me feel more Jewish, or like more proud about it, or just like more grounded in something actual. Um. And I feel like if anything, it's kind of done the opposite and i've noticed that in the context of planning my wedding being like oh like do i want this to be like a jewish ceremony do i want to be wearing the tallest i wore at my bar mitzvah do i want it to be officiated by norman finkelstein (laughs) yeah or rabbi uh (laughs) 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 that we all went to summer camp with um do you josh (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Take this woman, love. (laughs) (laughs) With some crazy inflection, love. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. It's just if anything, it's made me like more sort of 
want even more distance from Judaism and being like, I just like can't, I can't like, I just like don't want to involve it in something so good because I'm just going to be thinking about all this bullshit. Two, two thoughts. Number one, real quick. I just imagine Norman Finks being officiating your wedding. And when someone cheers after he said something, just being like, let me finish. (laughs) (laughs) You can applaud at the end. Oh dude, he probably fucking hates audience participation. Norman Finkelstein's the type of dude who would like, cite divorce statistics in a speech at a wedding but do it to be like to to say nice things you probably won't make it <laughs> but if you do yeah oh norm please come he, on the show he calls someone's odd crying crocodile tears <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't give a shit <laughs> damn he would <laughs> wow what was oh, your second man. thing w- way more on topic um no it was like passover uh very recently yes. I was at my, my my mom's house my parents house and i was like kind of thinking about it because there were a lot of people who had never been to a seder before um and i was chatting with my mom about this too it's like there is actually something of value in the jewish tradition i think if you kind of actually take the fact that like the like if you take the what we learned and kind of actually what's taught about Passover is like it's not really the same story mm-hmm. as what's in the Bible and like if you're on, open and honest about that I think in a way that we aren't really taught so much that there is a little bit more richness to it that it's like look we kind of have this foundational text and it's like kind of a bunch of bullshit and like especially if you're like a more reasonable person you can be like yeah God promised us the land or whatever, and we've been in a diaspora for several thousands of years. So I guess, you know, you win some, you lose some, um, which I think a lot of people, like Jewish people around the world, until the founding of the state of Israel, that was kind of like their approach to it. Um, so I think there is like some value in like the way if you're if you actually openly and honestly sort of teach what these texts say, there's a value in the fact of being like, that's where it comes from. We actually choose this because this is sort of like what our ethical traditions have sort of guided yeah. us to. Like, and it's less about necessarily the written word as a means of developing your worldview and more as like a, you know, it's super old. This is where it comes from. We should have it, you know, in the same way that we like to, you know, hold on to ruins in some places where it's like, well, we should keep some of those because it's important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, but that's the thing is like we're that's that's like a pretty nuanced, right? Well, and for me, like, and this is just truly just a person. Like, I totally hear that, and I think, yeah, if you're just like, here's just a, some important values, or like, here's kind of like a parable, you know, yeah. that can be inspirational or thought provoking. Like, I think that works for some people, but for me, it just sort of it like takes some of the weight out of it because to me, sort of like the authority behind some of these precepts are like oh well it's because it's like this holy thing yeah that like you know the ultimate source of wisdom gave to us and if and if we're acknowledging that like that's not exactly what it is then to me it sort of just like loses some of the oomph yeah like if it doesn't i don't know and to me it's sort of that i just would rather like you know find my own meaning in a certain like i don't know like i still like the traditions and I like doing things that, you know, other people before me have done, but I don't know. I just like the, that to me is more like family get together. It's not like 
my religion anymore. Right. Because at the end of the day, what we're appreciating is uh, a strain of like religious philosophy, not so much of like religious theology. Right. It's like how you can like not necessarily be Christian or Muslim or whatever. And there will be thinkers from those traditions who like have some pretty good thoughts and like ways they approach it from the lens of being, you know, uh, a theist and believing in God and like believing that those traditions have values, but you can still like learn good shit out of yeah. it. Yeah. But that doesn't really make you like a student of those religions. And I have to say, and in the context where we learned about the religion, we didn't really like to, to, to the extent of like, whatever, like Jewish ethics that I learned was like, respect your parents, be good, you know, stick yeah. up for people who are less fortunate, which like any self-respecting moral system also thinks that, generally yeah i mean yeah there are like the nuanced differences it's like not a level that we're even we don't even know it well enough to know the nuanced differences yeah. unless you like really took it upon yourself to be like what have the great jewish thinkers thought yeah like they taught us and they like i think they essentially taught us the identifiers of judaism like here are some of the signs here are some of the here are some of the dance moves yeah both literal and figurative that you should know how to learn if you want to be able to jump in i don't know yeah Yeah. so i feel like it's kind of like fully fully severed like any semblance of it ever having like religious meaning to me yeah um and more just like it's purely just because it's like where my family comes from and i've had some good times in this kind of space but but it's kind of sad. I mean, I like part of me sort of like wishes I could like have this awesome Jewish wedding and be like the next one in the line of like all the Jewish weddings that my family has been in before. But I'm kind of just like, I'm not going to push it. Yeah. Or I'm just not going to I'm not going to like wear all these, you know, I'm not going to like wear a symbol or like dedicate this kind of like statement of like the values of my life to something that I just like fully is just yeah. like not real to me real quick before i get married shout out to god shout out to everlasting <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't believe in any of this but shout out to um abraham shout out to <laughs> joe shout out to joe's wife <laughs> shout out to lot shout out to lot's wife uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> judah shout- that fucking guy yeah zebulon <laughs> yeah where you out we're taking uh, a shot later zeb shut <laughs> up <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah so anyway if you're at my wedding it'll be conspicuously not religious yeah that's probably a good okay well again i'm still wearing my macklemore jew costume <laughs> so that's fine you can't stop me that's the uh that's the symbol we've really taken away uh-huh. from all this it's just <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be standing at the bar in that costume, like, excuse me, <laughs> I'm gonna pop some tags. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. John, how do you feel about all this now? Yeah, I mean, it's like it's... you went to like Jewish high school too. Yeah, I guess we never. I guess maybe we read this one. I mean, I remember one. We had, a, I did have a teacher at Jewish high school who would, for like the first, it was like a, a Jewish studies teacher who for the first 10 minutes of class, he would just have us like open up a, a Tanakh and, and read whatever was there. So like, it's not like we were shielded from the, the real dark shit. Like we were, but then if you asked about it, obviously it would just be like, like, well, you know, 
Shit was shit wild. Was, shit was wild back then. <laughs> People are dying every day. Women didn't really have rights. It was a different now, time. Yeah. But now they do. Like that's but that's the thing is it's never really engaged with that seriously. It's just like I don't know. I'm, I mean, I don't know. I'm just thinking about the virgin shit. Like, if I tried to engage with that in high school, I'm sure the conversation would have just been like, well, you know, women really didn't have rights back then, but now they do. So the implication being that the fact that they didn't back then and the fact that this is still in a book that I can find in this school. Right. And totally not recognizing can... the fact that like, yeah, why, why didn't they back then? Do you think it has anything to do with this book? <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, I feel like it's kind of like the thing. This is like not an original point, but the same thing we were talking about, like the narrative problem with God is just kind of like the argument problem with God, where it's just sort of like, there's really, you can't beat it. Yeah. Because it's sort of like, well, I don't really agree with this, that they did this to these people back then. And you'd be like, well, it was a different time. And, but God, this is still God's book. So we got to read God's book. Right. And, so, and you're, and it's kind of like, right. well, okay. Like, I guess what more can you say? But that's why most of us probably kind of disengaged, I think. I mean, not that it, it's kind of a, a self-defeating argument because it's not not that I think it would be better if we weren't we, engaged. We were super engaged. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you're engaged, that's great. Like, I, you know, yeah, we're not fully anti-religion, but we're just kind of like, oh, not in the slightest. I mean, I think it's like people find their meaning, however, in all sorts it. of ways and like is if you find it in through religion and you're a good person and you try and do good, like that's great. And like, I, I like wish I could feel that I do. Like, I think my life would probably, or like, I think it would, the world would feel a little better if it felt like there was like one inarguable thing about it. But I kind of, I'm like, Nope, not really for me, but it's yeah. just pretty arguable. It's just highly arguable. And, and like, think- that's the problem too, is it'd be different if like the founding principle of the, the religion was like clouds are often in the sky. Where you're like, all right, that is pretty inarguable. I do look up often. There are clouds. Yeah, clouds are often in the sky. Sounds like one of those like anagram things that yeah, yeah. would use to like teach a kid math. Or like, but a, the like problem a noise is, album. Yeah, but like the problem is that yeah. like the the one inarguable truth about the about the religion is something that's like inherently unprovable and like can't really actually be like a single point of foundation to anchor yourself on. Yeah, and it like kind of doesn't matter to the religion whether you personally believe it. It's sort of like, well, it is. So yeah, it's right. like you can. It doesn't care if you engage with it, and y- you don't have to. And and if you cared, you like couldn't engage with it. So it's kind of just just perfect. Like we're going to be on our separate tracks, and they'll never quite intersect. And like nothing. It's, but matter. it's also how you just get into all those really weird things where it's like, I don't know. You get. It happens with every religion, but when those like really bizarre intersections of like highly conservative religious thought and like some trend that's happening in the modern times of like, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of like there was that argument of whether or not since they removed the gelatin out of Starburst, are they kosher now? <laughs> Where it's just kind of like, man, uh, you're just you're making this a problem for yourself <laughs> yeah but no i mean that is a good like yeah if you're really like about it about it the then pink you ones, do have to worry about whether star wars is the pink kosher. ones aren't kosher and you have to send them to me in the mail so are you a pink starburst person i don't know just send me starburst in the mail that's all i'm asking for it doesn't have to be the pink ones i like i do like the pink ones though um i also i think it's interesting that like we have we all made this commitment to read this 
dumb, dumb, harmful book. It's a dumb, dumb, harmful book. Um, <laughs> I said it in the beginning. I'll say it four books later. It's yeah. a dumb, dumb, harmful You'll find book. it in our dumb, dumb, harmful shelf. <laughs> now I do. Alongside Tucker Max and... I kind of want to start a bookstore now that's just like problematic bestsellers like the Bible. And the Bible like, and, just, and Tucker what Max. That, uh, yeah. What was the book that uh, Norm like footnote sniped? Um, oh, since time immemorial. Since time immemorial. <laughs> yeah. From time immemorial. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Which is also kind of a hilarious title because it's like not immemorial. This is literally the story in the book of the time. I before. mean, it's just a nonsense title. They are co-headlining the festival <laughs> with clouds are in the sky. <laughs> Um, but no, it's like we we all made the agreement to read this fucking book that is the basis for our religion, and then throughout the course, like by the time we got to numbers, we really realized like this is not sustainable. If we read this book every week, we won't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So we're gonna start watching like shitty movies and talking about Jews for Jesus and stuff like that, which I kind of think is just kind of replicates the pattern of just how of jews in general of like like our assignment was to just keep reading this book over and over again and and through that to like build community or whatever kind of that's kind of like the subtext but but people realize like okay like if we just do the stuff that's in the book people are gonna leave because it's it's not good so we have to kind of make little bargains where we like show i don't know fucking prince of egypt or the marx brothers or whatever like tangentially Jewish shit to them to like yeah. keep them in. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, religion gets a lot more spicy when Val Kilmer is in it. <laughs> What's Val Kilmer in? Prince of Egypt. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He plays Moses. Thank God. Who's the guy who plays Pharaoh in uh, the 10 commandments in the, um, the fifties one, the very impressive oh, man. Oh, it's a Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Schneider. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's like some weird Dutch sound in it. I don't know. Do you think it's possible that we could, in our lifetimes, I mean, I guess more in his lifetime, in, in Sandler's lifetime, we could get like a Sandler Moses Pharaoh movie? Sandler's uh, Moses? Yeah, let people go. I think if somehow, <laughs> I can't imagine it happening, but I think if somehow he put out two movies that like utterly flopped. He he could his like last ditch attempt will be like I'll just do the Adam Sandler Bible movie, uh-huh. and like that's the thing about Bible movies is that they they they're they're a winner each time. Has he done a biblical movie? Not really. I'm kind of that's kind of surprising. Cause well, there's... the Zohan is a biblical movie, and I mean he's acting out what the Bible would have wanted. <laughs> that's very true. By yeah. being in the Israeli special forces. By killing oh, Phantom. we didn't speak. We didn't mention this, but they use the word shock troop like a hundred times in the portion that we read. They didn't in my. Oh, they just kept talking when it, when they that's like so enlist intri- the herder Ooh. guys, being like, "Hey, like if you fight with us, we'll give you the land." They're like, "As long as you serve as our shock troop, and as a shock troop, you will." What's do- a shock troop? I don't know. Just like a commando a shock jock like uh yeah well, like a morning radio that's guy a, uh, that's a pretty modern conception yeah of. like a shock trooper is someone who goes in first with the express purpose of disrupting like enemy lines so it's not just like oh we're gonna go in it's so that it's to sow chaos Interesting. which i don't think that the text is actually like trying to say i think they're just saying like hey go yeah, you're like an extra bonus guy. Yeah. Another another word that was in this a lot, um, specifically in the part where 
they're saying what to do. Like they're talking about this like far off land that is basically Australia where you can go if you kill somebody. Um, and what in the balls are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, cause uh, it was a penal colony. Yeah. Where, where's this mystical land? No, no I'm talking in the, in the non real. <laughs> okay. In the, in the story. In the in the chapter we read, yeah. there's the part where it's like if you kill someone and it's not your fault, you can go to this place. Oh, right. Okay, gotcha. I'm with you now. Okay, no, that's not Australia. Okay, it's, it's not quite Australia. Australia's the opposite. Is you got caught for doing the thingy, and we're just sending you here because we don't want to deal with your. Ass. Okay, that's true. That's true. Functionally, yeah. kind of similar, but anyway, I guess maybe yeah. It's just a matter of who's doing the deciding the travel i apologize but anyway. no it's okay i was i was speaking kind of gobbledygook i'm sure some of our listeners needed that um because they were on they were on the same page as you but anyway it all the when the, in my book when he's listing out the rules it says like a slut like they keep using the word slayer like if the slayer oh. shall go here which is why i thought a good name for the episode i mean i don't actually think this because we didn't talk about it very much but slayer rules get it because it's like slayer rules but it's also like slayer rules <laughs> they also uh, did you guys have it when they talk about blood avengers yeah it's not just avengers like oh you know if you murder someone and then you see the blood avenger on the road they just use it like i wonder i think that's supposed time. to mean like the family member yeah that makes sense like i think cold-blooded like warm-blooded murder is not okay but also not anyone gets to be like Hey, yeah, that really pissed me off. <laughs> that was unfair. <laughs> I knew that guy. He sold me apples. I love that guy. Yeah. Like, there has to be at least some kind of That kind of sucks, connection. though. I feel like if somebody kills your buddy, if we're, if we're, I mean, I don't think, I don't really, I don't believe in killing people, but if we're doing the whole, like, eye for an eye thing, it's, if somebody kills your buddy, you should be able yeah, to kill not? them. Yeah, what, buddy representation. You should at least be allowed a half kill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you should be allowed to, like, Go kill their cow or something. Here's that a question. Half of killing someone is <laughs> which, killing their cow. Uh, which, according to this fucking book. Which one of us in our middle age is most likely to become a born again religious person? Ooh. That's maybe I almost worry me. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe you. <laughs> Unfortunately. What why you why do you think you? Uh I don't know. I feel like I Are we talking Jewish though, or are we just talking like any religion? Just on the any table? kind of born again, but probably Jewish. Yeah, I mean... I would say you only because you deal most with respectable society. Way more than either uh-huh. of us do. Yeah, I guess so. But I don't think respectable <laughs> society is really headed in the direction of people mostly being religious. I feel like... No, they just already are. I guess so. But, like, I don't know. I, in so, Yeah, I guess in America most people are religious. But yeah. it also feels like like walking around in, like, San Francisco or New York, looking around, like, I don't feel like I'm, like most of these people like have God in their lives. Mm-hmm. That's true. No, they're the kind of religious. That's like the people at the synagogues. I feel like, you know how I feel like it could get me is if I was like, well, I see God in the trees and in the waves and, uh, everyone's vulnerable to something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure. Yes. I'm uh, in incorrigible. Yeah. If someone invented, I mean, if they could like get Judaism to spin like the God and the machine, I might be a little bit more. Sometimes I'll sit around thinking like, Alec, I wonder if I'll ever find Christ. I wonder if I wonder. Do you really if, sit around thinking that? Not really, but I've like had that thought just come to me. Like, like, what would it take for me to just be like, yeah, I'm all about Jesus Christ. Who might find you? Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> it would be insane if we died and there, like, it was all real. If Christ, yeah, 
I'd be like, God damn. I would still not take responsibility for it. You need to be way better with your messaging. <laughs> if it was all this real this whole time, God damn, uh, you yeah. really fucked it up. I'd be, yeah, I'd honestly be pretty mad. I'll be sue like, them. You couldn't give us any sign? Yeah. I'd go my whole life being like, this is fake. Yeah, and then also, like, yeah, the, again, this is the whole, like, oh, yeah, well, if all these people go to heaven, then I don't want to be to heaven. But, like, seriously, like, what is the what is the, the goal of joining with something that is so fucking, like, punitive and, like, up its own ass that it's, like, look, if you really want all these people to be happy and the eternal lasting whatever bullshit, then just fucking tell them. It's like trying to get your, like, friends or partners to do what you want to do without just explicitly stating right yeah it's like at a certain point like is it is it because you like the game of it is it because you're unable yeah, to express huh. yourself in a more fully realized way are you afraid of some kind of like what's the fucking deal he said talking about what's up with god and why he won't give him it's i feel like at least for some people it's probably literally comes down to like original sin and they're like well you don't get all that because because they had the special tree fruit from the tree. And see, and this is where it goes when you're anchoring it on this thing that makes fucking no sense. It's like what how do you how are you really supposed to grab anything and like put it and like tie it to the anchor? Yeah, point? totally. I mean, I believe in original sin in the sense that people are shitty kind yeah. of inherently. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're self-interested. Yeah. And you 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 either like make communities where the self-interest benefits more people than one or you don't kind of yeah it's i was just thinking about like heaven and hell and how like like can you there's no point of heaven if you can't be bad in heaven you know what i mean it's true like you know how like Mm. or i guess the point of heaven would be similar to like the idea of like do in buddhism a a bodhisattva is someone who's achieved enlightenment but hasn't died Mm -hmm. yet so like they haven't you know shaken off their mortal coils but like it, it it's kind of like that where they're sort of at a point where they don't desire anything, you know. So you don't really desire like to be bad to be a bad boy. Yeah, desiring itself is yeah bad. In that and not wanting to desire is bad. You're still fully in this kind of like neutral flow state. We could um, <laughs> this is so unrelated, but I really wanted to do a like a sensory deprivation tank. I've always wanted that for some reason. Should we record an episode in the sensory deprivation? Honestly, day? we could With all walkie talkies. If it wasn't like insanely expensive, I would be curious to just have us all. How do what's that? it cost for a, to go in a sense? A sense? I don't know. It probably depends D- on. Take a dip in the sense dip. <laughs> take a rips off the sense dip. So like a, it's like 500 I, bucks or something. I do think it's very funny how like there's offices for it. Like you go to a gym, but instead of a gym, it's just a bunch of fucking vats of water it's weird dude is it water or is it like, it's like it's salt like, water yeah it's like so you're uh buoyant like the dead sea in the holy land um it, you know uh, that all these people got genocided for so that you could smear mud on your face when you go to israel in 2022 me i'm going to israel in 2022 no the, uh, the, the generalized listening. you sure you already no <laughs> none of us you. did our birthright I know we still could. We still could take a, a family. I mean, they, literally, if we we're thirsty for content, that would be the ultimate. Like, take it, the, take it on the road. <laughs> I think just honestly, saying. we wouldn't even have to record anything. I just think we just set up a camera and just, hey, this is what a birthright trip looks like. 
Oh, well, you can get a, a an intro float for 65 bucks. The introduction to floating? <laughs> intro float, bro. For 65 bucks? Yeah. That's not so bad. That's as much oh, as Oh, oh, but it's what the f- <laughs> Oh, you have to be a member. At least of Oh, and how much is the membership? There we go. Well, you just have to do it for 4 months. But you get one float a month for 65 bucks. What is this business model of floating? <laughs> I mean, how have we capitalized buoyancy? I guess, yeah. Somebody just has like a warehouse full of coffins. <laughs> They're like, who wants enlightenment? Line up, line up. God damn. Um, okay, I'm looking at some pictures of this and it does look sick. Not gonna lie. What? I have always loved being in MRI machines. But I my thing with that is like. What? It's kind of insane. I had to get a bunch of them. Like, yeah, wait. I want to hear about your love of MRI machines. Well, okay. So, God, I love the um, I yeah. In high school, I had a bunch of knee injuries. Ouch. Uh, and like just broken bones and shit from soccer. Um, so I was like in our MRI machines for a couple years there. Um, and there's something about the in and out of MRI machines. Yeah. To be clear, not just in them. Um, <laughs> and there's something about like the tight space and they have this like really loud mechanical like repetitive noise where it's like brr, 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 and it's just you kind of just like get in this trance and i would just always just fall asleep because they give you a little blanket okay that makes sense um yeah. were you ever like an angsty teen about it like you're like mom i don't want to come out of the i don't want to come out of the mri i like it no, in if here. anything i, was I have all my posters outside of the mri where like I just could never fall asleep well or like just quiet my thoughts. Instead then, of like a poster of like some band from like the early two thousands, just a picture of an MRI <laughs> in your room. It's like, it's like you're the only one who fucking gets me. Yeah. I love my tube, my screaming mechanical tube. Does it kind of feel like you're inside of the sh- the machine at the bowling alley that brings your that returns your balls to you? Uh it feels like you know how, like, the sounds of a washing machine doing its thing are kind of soothing? It just feels like you're inside of that. That sounds kind of nice, actually. Yeah. It soothes babies. <laughs> Parents put new babies on top of washing machines because it makes them fall asleep. It's a real oh, thing. <laughs> this has been washing machines with the boys. Yeah, we really covered all the... Dude, okay, we made it past an hour. <laughs> it's like, well, no, it's just, it's like the last, it's like the last episode of, uh, of Seinfeld, how all those different like they're on trial and all the people that they've wronged just all the well well silly little seinfeld characters come back for the last episode but like we've just we've been sitting here like trotting out sandler we've been trotting out norm finkelstein and we're not even really done yet well i mean it's like the 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 good news is that when we start this next book it's going to be a lot more exciting you think so why is that well, because if I understand from what my mom told me correctly, she's a Jewish educator, not just like a rando. <laughs> Some guy. <laughs> and it's just like, that's not the equivalent of me just pulling someone off the street. But like, I guess the book in Deuteronomy is this extra book that was added because of like, I guess the people were kind of in a similar situation as us of being like, what is the fucking point of all of this? And someone kind of like comes out of the library and is like, look at this. I found this new holy book of god <laughs> whoa i guess we should read what's in here i don't know we might be able to learn something new so so i think it's gonna it's gonna be like rehashing stuff in a fun way kind of greatest hits kind of vibes do they okay. tweak anything i think they do yeah oh. i think stuff's gonna be a little different cheeky I think, yeah it's gonna be a you little bit more cheeky narrative. bastards <laughs> i've been alive it is we're gonna get to the very last end of the last line of the Torah, which i remember is basically about how Moses doesn't get to go in, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah, fucking Moses. Um, 
But yeah, so we at least have to, you know, we have that to look forward to. So Moses isn't dead yet. Did it? It keeps. I keep being like, oh, this is the one where Moses dies because it kind of hints at that. But then I guess Moses is still kicking. No, the old bat. (laughs) That old little sausage patty. This this book kind of the only thing it does is like raise questions. Yeah, it has like zero interest in answering any of them. It's just kind of like you know, situation consequence. It's kind of a toxic relationship between this book and the Jews because we just go back to it every year hoping it'll change. And it's like, no, books are just who they are, you know? Yeah. And it's like, but you came back so many times, so it must mean it's something. Like, oh, maybe this maybe this word, maybe this letter was, if it was different, it would mean like, no, just let it go. You know, read I'm... Artemis Fowl or something. Wow. That's a deep cut. Did you ever read those books? No, I tried. My parents really wanted me to. Same. It was boring, I remember. I have this memory of this kid. You know, and like those kids who are just liars, just liar kids who just lies straight to your face. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and they know you're yeah. lying, and you know they're lying, and they know that you know they're lying. But this kid telling me that he read Artemis Fowl and telling me, like, yeah, man, there's pages and pages in a row that are just the word fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I love how that's kind of like the fantasy. <laughs> Right, like, like he wanted, only. he wanted a book to exist. <laughs> it could, like, it's a lie, so it could be truly anything. <laughs> right, like that's his deepest uh... fantasy is a book that <laughs> just has five pages of fucking. He's just like, all right, time for bed. <laughs> <It's his finger. laughs> just reading it in like an old timey dressing gown <laughs> by the fire. Fuck, 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 fuck. I love the idea of a best-selling author, too, just being like, and then at around page 320, it's going to be the start of what is 45 pages of the word fuck. That's, oh man, liar kids. Yeah. I don't, uh, oh, please. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm reaching so hard. I mean, it's like, I would, I like, would like, I like talking to you guys. I could just keep saying stuff, but I'm like, this is not part of the episode yeah uh, i was just gonna say it a liar kid in my school once told me that they uh, performed abortions in the back of our school <laughs> oh, bus <laughs> he said back there they make it so you can't have babies anymore i don't know if that's i don't know if he was what he was describing that sounds more like sterilization less like abortion oh true true i guess yeah that's a good point okay sterilizations were not happening in the back of sharon's school bus yeah that would be a crazy story to come out of Carmel. Um, that would be a crazy story to come I out would of doubt fucking it. the libs of TikTok. Hey, oh, hello. I did what the... Uh, can I do something pretty unforgivable? Oh, come on now. Please. I would like to point out that this... This book raises one very key question from the very beginning that it never really has an answer. <laughs> Bring it home, my honey. What's that? <laughs> and, what, and what would that be? From the very start of this, we've sort of been asking, we've sort of like, what is the fucking point of all of this? Particularly this book of numbers, since it's so caught up between narrative, lawmaking, and just kind of like what, what the promise is and basically the the consequences of going against God. But it really never did answer that if they needed a book on numbers. <laughs> why didn't they just get the fucking yellow pages? 
<laughs> Amen, brother. A freaking man. Which is a because if they won, <laughs> could have just gotten the elephant. Yeah. You forgot the second part of that that famous two part question. Which is really all it is to say is that I guess what I didn't learn anything from this whole book. Yeah, I didn't learn a, a goddamn thing. Uh, there's no lessons to be learned. Smite me podcast one. God zero. Yeah. Fuck you, God. Uh, oh, we stopped doing the cut it or keep it thing a while back, but cut it. Whole book of numbers gone. I don't even. Yeah, I wouldn't even know what the argument to keep it is. It's like not. It's it's just like it's like a stat sheet, but for murdering. It feels like this book is basically like if you were to read Wikipedia pages about like obscure facts of things happening in like Middle Earth from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's got that vibe of like, yeah, if you really care about that kind of stuff, I'm sure it's interesting. But if you just kind of like the movies, you're like, what is this? And I also feel like it kind of doesn't do the Jews any favors. Like if like for PR purposes alone, you would cut it. But this one, it's sort of like, you know, people are rebelling because they don't think it's a good idea. And you're like, oh, interesting. Like some people had some disagreements. And then the response of religion is like, yeah, so we killed them. You're like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, all right, I think that just about does it. Um, oh yeah, um, the podcast we have—I'm uh, just going rogue here—but we've decided that we want to be famous, so we're a pyramid scheme now. So um, you have to tell five of your friends, and they That's have to true. tell five of their. If friends. If you're a loyal listener, and we love you for listening, please help other new people find the show. Oh, I was going to say, pay up. <laughs> no, 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 that's secondary. That's no, no. We get them all. We get them all on board. Then we get their money. Wait, the right. money comes second, and we'll do it voluntarily. We don't need to steal it from you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. All right. Ciao. Gracias. Thank you so Thanks much for listening. Thanks for the the book of numbers. Thanks for listening to all the the not book of numbers. I know. Yeah. That's the real And part. if you didn't listen to those ones, if every time we did the Norman Finkelstein voice today, you were like, what are they talking about? Go back and listen to that one or go back and, you know, I would say go back and listen to the Norman, the, the Norman Finkelstein one, though. That's, uh, That's pretty good. If funny. you enjoyed this episode, yes. it's kind of a, a, a sister app. Uh-huh. There you go. And, uh, yeah, wish our sweet third Mike John a wonderful time in New York. Yeah. Yeah, let me know if you have a a place where I can live. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, by the time this comes out, you will be in New York. Yes, yes, sir. Homeless. No, we've got, we'll be fine. Uh Um, Okay, all right. Okay. Okay.